up everyone welcome back to the ny patriot show uh this is actually the first live i've done in a while and it's the first live i've done since my youtube got new so uh yeah this is i guess uh, officially right. first the first live for rejects and friends and uh today i have my amazing uh co-host canadian co-host Teresa. what is up you want to say hi to everybody let everybody know where they can Hello. find you <laughs> How are you? Good, good, very good. And uh, let everybody know about Spiritual Gangsters in case they don't know. Yeah, for sure. So um, I have my own show with you called The Spiritual Gangsters. We talk with uh, really interesting people every week. Um, It's always a good chat about personal stuff, but it always leads back to like the bigger picture. So yeah, come check that out for sure. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. And today I have a a special guest on. It was a a listener, a fan, somebody who hit me up and uh, sent me some things. And I was like, damn, dude, yeah, I got to get you on my show. We got to chop some shit up. So today we have Ethan Indigo. Uh, He's going to cover, I love the fucking name, Idiots, Zealots, Elitists, and Patriots. I mean, he had Patriot in there, so I had to have him on. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I knew we were vibe. I knew we were vibe. <laughs> so uh, here is Ethan Indigo. Would you like to let people know where they could find uh, your stuff as well? You know, I'm all over the internet. So I, I got uh, uh, little little pages on all the websites. I don't think no one's faking me yet. And I have a bunch of books on Amazon. People can check out. Um, and you know, I write. I write pretty frequently and share share my writing. On, on Twitter and Facebook and the usual. Yes, and you do have a, uh, a Weebly account, right? I think I did add that in the show notes. Yes, yeah, I got I got a couple of Weebly uh, uh, accounts. One, the Matrix of Four. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one, the Geometry of Energy, are the more uh, popular ones. But again, people can can you know just do a quick search and and find me. And no one's no one's fronting on my name yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, uh, so, yeah, there's a, let me repeat the name again, I'm sorry. Idiots, Zealots, Elitists, and Patriots, so let's get into that. Yeah, let's yeah, break so, that title down just for know, everybody I, <laughs> real quick. Exactly, you know, I, I was uh, coming up w- with a way to define patriotism in a way that was nonpartisan and applicable in any situation. And uh, I was trying to write about uh, the idea with also an Orwellian view, which the world is very Orwellian, and I wanted to use some of the wisdom um, that I was inspired by Orwell uh, uh, and to write this concept. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I, I was coming up with the idea, and I wanted to design it in uh, homage to or parallel with the complete idiots guides <laughs> and so i was like all right it's the complete patriots guide and so then i started to actually conceptualize the idea and you know uh, uh, sideline advice to people when you when you can contrast correspond and compare you can really thoroughly find out the validity of an idea and improve on it, whether it's your own or, or debate it or whatever. But contrast, compare, and correspond. You can really find um, uh, a great way to explain yourself as well. And so when I was trying to explain what I meant as patriotism, not as a, you know, warmongering, uh, 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 you know, uh, jingo you know the usa is best as as just a reasonable hey the usa is the best no but i think <laughs> um, you're right i think the word patriot has almost gotten turned into like a united usa nationalist really in a sense. oh it, it it totally has been tabooed and 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 when i started saying that word i realized it pretty quickly that um, people would make assumptions about what you meant and usually it had to do with being kind of a closed-minded, might-is-right-go-USA kind of thinking. Um, and so as I was contrasting and finding correspondences and comparing, I came up with the idea of uh, defining uh, patriot with the contrast of idiots 
zealots and elitists. And so at first it was just a simple way to explain this idea, which I'll get to. But as I researched uh, the, the idea and found more and more correspondences, I kind of was blown away by uh, the potential uh, relationships of the idea. And, and one of the main articles or uh, relationships that I write about is uh, uh, relating the patriots, or, or rather relating the idiots, zealots, elitists, and patriots with the wise monkeys. And the wise monkeys are a trinity with most often lacking the fourth part. Usually the wise monkeys are seen as a set of three mm. lacking the fourth monkey, which is really the only one that you'd want to be or empathize You, you know what's wild? I hate to interrupt you, but real quick. Please, I'm no, almost, you're not interrupting. I'm almost positive when we covered the order of Quetzalcoatl, on the occult rejects, I, I thought it was weird how, like, they had uh, there. There was an order in Canada or a lodge that had a pin. They all have their own pins, and they actually had the the see no evil, hear no evil, whatever the other one is. Uh -huh. They had that, but a fourth one on the pin. Okay. I was like, hmm, that's cool. interesting that they put a fourth one on there. And now you're saying a fourth monkey. So this is interesting. yes, and. Um, the fourth monkey is fear no evil and do no evil. And, and of course, see no evil covers its eyes, hear no evil covers its ears, speak no evil covers its mouth. And actually, I, I correspond the speak no evil with the elitists. And what do elitists do? Hey, I got something I'm going to tell you and nobody else. That's what the mafia does when they're worried about people uh, lip reading. <laughs> when they're being, when they're being what, watched. That's what everyone does. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Wasn't that, but, in, that was even in a movie, right? Wasn't like Joe Pesci and somebody like talking, smoking cigarettes and like, oh, they're fucking watching this. Fucking watch when you're in New York, everybody does that. Like, oh, I'm going to tell you. This, this. Yeah. So, but, but really that's just a physical demonstration of what they alliterate in, in much more bigger circles. Yeah. Holding on to elitist information is how people benefit, right? Especially in the information era, right? I mean, uh, information is power. We all know that. And that's what elitists do. They hold on to information. Contrast that with patriots, fear no evil, do no evil, who is depicted as the monkey who holds its dantian, and this is the uh, idea of essence or center. And from our essence or center, every movement originates. And that's why the fear no evil, the fourth monkey, the unsaid monkey holds its abdomen because it makes no move. It, it looks, listens, and observes. But fear will kind of compel you to do things for elitists sometimes, right? So the patriot just chills and it's going to say something and do something, right? It has no fear. Um, and, and, uh, so, so the idiots, they don't want to look at reality. They cover their eyes. The zealots want to orient themselves in their maintained perspective, right? So they don't want to hear anything new. Um, and, and so, uh, the, the four wise monkeys depict these, uh, archetypes, these political archetypes, um, perfectly. And in um, China, Mandarin and Japanese and, and a couple other uh, uh, similar dialects and languages, the number four is uh, a homonym with death. So actually in some of these cultures, when they build skyscrapers, they don't have the number four, four fourth floor excuse me um as oh. as akin to some buildings don't have the 13th floor in the west mm -hmm. right so so four mm. is a homonym for death but more so symbolic for completion four is symbolic for completion not necessarily death but death is a penultimate <laughs> completion well you know what's really uh, interesting so, just real quick you're talking about the number four even on the tree of life, you have the supernal triad, the first three at the top. Those are kind of in spirit. And as soon as you finally kind of hit the flesh, that's the fourth sphere. And, you know? and, and then that would be kind the, of like the death of the spirit and now into the physical body. Right. 
And and I, I would say that's not so coincidental why we celebrate the death and resurrection of the Jesus Christ story during the winter solstice, which I guess you could number the seasons, uh, 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 the four seasons in any order, but the death and resurrection, of course, corresponds with the sun uh, uh, motion during that time frame, of course. So the the fourth aspect is something shared, a phenomenon and a symbology shared uh, uh, throughout the, the world, certainly. Very well said. There was something you said before that fucked me up and I wanted to say something and now I fucking forgot what I was thinking. <laughs> That's all right, I can expand. Um, so, so I, it brought me I back to the whole frog idea, but I can't remember. Oh, sitting there and doing nothing. I was like, maybe that's what they, again, the frog that's, sitting there and doing, I'm moving. <laughs> that's that, the fear no evil is looking, listening, and has the ability to speak, but is holding stillness. And in fact, you know, uh, uh, one of the most powerful meditations is just standing, you know, I mean, sitting too, but there are standing meditations that are, that really condition the body to oh. be a better functional. It's a being. totally different sitting or laying down than standing and meditating. Totally different. <laughs> yeah. And, and most Zen meditation comes from Zen Zhang, excuse my killing of that pronunciation, which is Tai Chi or Qigong standing meditation. And interestingly, most often referred to as universal pillar practice. Um, so, um, and so, uh, not, you know, as, as I, as I uh, started looking into these relationships on at first, I kind of a spurious, uh, maybe intuitive look at these political archetypes in relation to four, as I started to look into four, it became an undeniable consciousness pattern that all too frequently there are the Trinity and an unsaid fourth aspect. And in relation to oligarchical powers that be, the fourth monkey is the only one that they can't use. It's the only one that openly communicates, looks, and listens. Um, and, and so that's, that's the patriot, right? That's, that's the, the person who is not a patriot isn't fighting for the government, not necessarily being a protester, not a politician. Actually, if you look at the definition, it normally phrases it in one who loves country. And so in a, in a place where the First Amendment is valued, open sharing of information is really like, I call it the oligarchy contrast or the crusher because the, the way to really take it, uh, control back is to get information out there. No. And you know, that, that was the whole, like part of the reasoning of me even taking my name is thinking that as a patriot is like kind of like what you said is just putting out information to help with like, you know, freedom of the mind and shit. Was, it wasn't like I'm some, you know, I'm trying to say I'm some dude who's like, you know, locked up and ready to fucking stop blasting people, you know? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not exactly it. Exactly. Yeah, and, and a lot you of people... When I was trying to share the idea originally, like a true neophyte excitedly calling literary agents and so forth, and they were like, get, you know, get out of here, kid. But, you know, several of them remarked something like, well, you're not a politician and you're not a veteran. How are you going to write about patriotism? Well, the whole point was that in this country, we're not in, in the past. It's a patriot is like a it of the patriarchy of the archy, whatever it may be, usually represented by a patriarch, whatever. But so in this country, everyone's his own or her own archy. You know, we're, we're all like equivalent beings. So. So in this country, Patriot has a more empowering uh, individuation, individualized kind of connotation. In the past, you were just following orders, right? So yeah, they get they get the order followers type of programming confused with Patriot. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to even say it, but like, because the fact of like my name is New York Patriot, even on Instagram, people just see my name and assume that I'm all of a sudden like a Trumpster. 
And then, like, you know, two weeks later, when I, I, I post something they don't like, they start spazzing on my shit. And it's like, have you not looked at any of my other stuff? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you know you're doing something right when you get beef from bro- both political sides. Oh, right? yeah. You, yeah, I do. something right. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, independent thinkers, I think, get, it, get heat from both sides, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I really like how you define uh, patriot, Ethan, because... It just reminds me of like somebody who's not afraid to like stand alone, right? And like let the That's truth let the truth stand beautiful. for itself. It's not necessarily about a country or an idea. It's just the you you want to speak the truth and help propel society forward, right? Thank you for saying that. It's so well said. And isn't that what we really remark to and look up to leaders for, right? The Should guy be. that says, right? you know what? It's different. Hey, what? He's right. And, and, you know, in speaking up and saying something, we all have experienced this before, where instead, at first, you think people are going to be on your side. They're like, no, you better be quiet. You're rocking the boat. Right. Um, and, and another uh, uh, parallel, uh, I, I, the, the wise monkeys is like an adage with an image, right? It, it's a story unto itself, but not necessarily needing to be told, but it has that um, uh, maybe archetypal energy of the Trinity and the unsaid fourth that is kind of made up of the three and is, is its own thing as well. Um, and uh, the allegory of the cave also has uh, four characters. Mostly people had remarked that there's three types of characters in the allegory of the cave. And, you know, when, 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 uh, you know, this book was around, there was only like 20 copies. Uh, so I've heard, and now it's gone on to affect all, all world history. And uh, the Republic is the book that the allegory of the cave is in. Um, and uh, the four uh, characters, again, they run parallel with these archetypes. There are the chained prisoners and they are like the idiots, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there are the unchained prisoners. They're so transfixed on the orientation of the images displayed on the cave wall by the captors that they don't even need chains. Just like, you know, they say the elephant, when you train it after having a chain on its foot for a while, all it needs is a little strength. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, you could tie it to like a straw, and it's gonna think it's can't can't go anywhere. Yep. yep. <laughs> and 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 we're all like that. We're all conditioned in some way or another. And the more we question if it's so about ourselves, the better we enhance past it. Um, and so the captors, of course, are the elitists displaying fake imagery, totally in control of information. In this case, utter BS. Yep. And and then there's the freed prisoner which is the one that's kind of uh, not necessarily counted and sometimes forgotten and, and looked to as just prisoners and the captors um, often enough. But the freed prisoner gets, you know, shoved through the tumult of getting out of the cave. He's injured. He comes out and eventually he realizes that everything he saw in the cave was false images appearing real, which I like to use that oh. for fear. I like that. I like that. Fear is false images appearing real, right? Mm. Um, And 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 so he uh, um, he you know something like eventually he you know there's a certain undefined amount of time that goes by and he is uh, uh, working for a guy or a slave to a master as he refers it to it and he says tis something like it's better to be a poor a poor slave to a poor master then live as they do, then, then live in that cave with them. But he goes back and he tries to reveal the truth to them and they all attack him. <laughs> well, <that's... laughs> so I, I, I'm sorry for the roundabout story. No, no, um, I think that's... <laughs> so we, 
That's great. Though. It makes me think of I watched Good Omens yesterday. I don't know if you've ever heard of that show. It's, it's, I'm not. I'm, I might have heard of it, but it's I'm pretty funny. It. It's like a prime show. It's totally a cult. It's a, it's an angel and a demon named Crowley, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're both like basically trying to. Uh, they didn't want the world to end. They the, the Antichrist was being delivered, and somehow Crowley, the demon, the one with the fucking conscience, which is fucking weird, he like kind of went to the angel and he was like, you know, because they're in charge of like you know battling and whatever supposed to go on he's like uh you know i really don't think like you know everybody deserves to die he's like maybe we can try to like uh raise the antichrist uh and make him just like normal and not destroy the world so it's kind of funny but uh fuck i forgot where i was going with that now fuck what were we talking about something about the uh freed prisoner oh yeah so, like, in one of the episodes, they're just kind of going through timelines about, like, how they stayed kind of contacting each other and have been in same places at same time. And they even go to a point where, like, the thing of Jesus and uh, the angel and demon are standing there and they're fucking nailing Jesus to the cross. And even the demon's like, what the fuck? What did he do? And they're like, they're like what did he say that's got so many people upset? And he said, be good to one another. And he's like, well, that'll do it. <laughs> But it's like it's like the dude who's trying to tell you the truth got fucking nailed to the cross. Yeah, Jesus totally parallel with the freed prisoner, and and that story actually predates uh, the Jesus story, which you know is of course related to other stuff, whatever. But so the the story of the Republic uh, um, and Plato's cave. I like that Plato's cave um, idea. That's a you I, know, I gotta read I, that. that makes me think of something that your esoteric listeners will appreciate. Um, every theology begins with a set of four. Everyone. I, I haven't come across one, I should say. It, there might yet be. I've never come across a theology that doesn't begin with the masculine and feminine contrast and the God, and it's uh, uh, if it's not a devil orientation, um, it's a uh, uh, contrast that's trying to pull it down if you will i've never thought of that thought of that you have the three but then the uh, the oppressor or the other side so that does make four actually yeah there's every (laughs) single theology (laughs) begins with those four archetypes um and and if you even look at it further in line with what i'm talking about adam can be seen as the idiot oh okay i'll do it i'll do whatever (laughs) and eve is the zealot Believe me, believe, come on, do it, do it. Um, and, and, you know, God might be the patriot. There's various different interpretations um, beyond that to, to find, um, you know, if, if it you know, reflects one situation or another. And, and to that, we might often find ourselves being in one or the other archetype uh, at occasional times, you know. Uh, um, we might we might hold back on information because hey it's you know we're getting you have to do something I don't know you know it's funny though the serpent is always the elite one sure withholding withholding the information yeah there you go exactly (laughs) using the information for his own gain right that's interesting you said or the adversary right because I know what you mean like you need an adversary to like sharpen yourself against to something to combat with, you know? Otherwise, it's great to be good, but, like, what's the purpose of good then? I mean, that's, that's even, like, it even goes into magic, the yadhe vadhe formula, that's four. Uh, oh, and <laughs> I think of the Tetragrammaton. I, yeah. uh, the, the book that I'm working on right now is called The Fourth Initiation. And I'm, I'm just in looking, I, I kind of conceived the idea before the etymology, so I could be off, and I could be at least interpreting only a layer of, of the tetragrammaton. But if you just look at the basic etymology of tetragrammaton, it's not saying necessarily for measure. Gram means measure, and tetra means for. It's more so saying for gramation, grammar, and gram. These are the same words. Program. Right? Well, uh, it, that's the same word too, probably. But what I'm saying is that grammar and gram, like grams mm-hmm. uh, for measuring, these are the same root. And so tetragram a ton has the uh, 
a, a fix of that's equivalent to or near Asian, right? So what does tetragrammaton mean? It almost means the four language, the four mm. grammar, right? So what is tetragrammaton? It's the four grammar, the way of perceiving conceptualities by way of four. Oh, I, I could that I can totally see that tied to the Kabbalistic tree because you have like sure. the princess, the prince, the king, and the queen. Honestly, in my opinion, as you go up that, that does change kind of your outlook and reality and knowledge of this world. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Um, and and I think even just the silly patriot, excuse me, idiot, zealous, elitist patriot model. There is an ascension in that. Right? Almost the same thing. <laughs> and then the patriot, the sharer of information, is of course the most ascended. Um, and and the tree of life has the four dimensions, right? Where the most real is to us being gross, mundane um, mortals. We interpret it as being the most subtle, but it is from the most subtle that our material realm forms. And this corresponds with the Tetragrammaton as well. Of course, it's a Hebrew word with a Greek title. Of course, they correspond. Um, um, and so the yod heh is uh, uh, actually in part, again, another layer, um, symbolic of points, lines, planes, and solids which are the four dimensions of geometry. And, and we can find the four dimensions of geometry um, in almost everywhere, right? Um, but definitely in, in the Tetragrammaton. Um, another example of four language, like what does that mean? Like esoterically or spiritually, yeah. why would God have the title as, of four grammar as well? Um, well, if you look at one of the oldest words on the planet that doesn't even have uh, a spelling, it's so old. It just has a symbol, is the symbol OM, mm. which is expressed in A-U-M. And there's your a nice, beautiful trinity. And the unsaid missing fourth aspect of Om, which is related to God and godliness and the vibrational quality of creation of the universe in Vedic um, conceptuality, but not limited to that. The fourth aspect is silence. You know, it's funny. I was just wondering if mm -hmm. it was like an S. That's so fucking funny. The word started it's, with an S. It's silence. And it also, that is the vocalization of Om. And of course, this powerful, oldest symbol on the planet has many layers. But another um, a philosophical layer beyond the enunciation of Om is that it's symbolic of four states of consciousness. And that's when I learned that, that's when I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, again, I just kind of like conceptualize the idiot, zealot, elitist, patriot model as a way to express these archetypal aspects of psyche that I was seeing in the geopolitics and national politics and so on. But when I learned about OM being symbolic of consciousness, I realized that, you know, this is a much older idea that, you know, I kind of um, latched on to rather than even conceptualize. So OM, the four states of consciousness are quite simple. Wake state and dream state. It, it, if we're lucky and not suffering from insomnia, we go through these states on a daily basis. The third state is deep awakening. And this is equitable to being in the zone. Right. Like having that idea, focused. like this, this relaxed focus, you don't even know how you did it when it could be an artistic or athletic or magical. It's funny. I was just thinking athletic. That's, that's where my mind went first is like, I can think it, with a lot of like athletic shit, you don't even realize what you're doing or how you're doing it. You're just doing it 100%, and practice. 100%. <laughs> and that's why they call all these things artistries. So that's why you got the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, and, and, you know, people realize this often, but maybe don't think about it and uh, conceptualize it enough. It takes a lot of consciousness to be athletic, right? To do athletic things requires a whole series of practice that you might not have seen before that you just saw him do this one little thing, but he'd been practicing aspects of it since he was three, since he was three. Um, so, uh, uh, waking and dreaming is the first polarity of the Om symbol and there's deep awakening and deep dreaming, excuse me. And, and deep dreaming is symbolized by the point beyond the veil. So whenever you hear it's beyond the veil, it's related to the Om symbol among others, but Om being so old that it's oriented. Um, and so it, it, the, the veil also parallels with the Eastern concept of the Sea of Mara, which is yeah, the suffering that you're in. <laughs> you know, the shit storm. I, I hope I, I assume I can say that. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know the, this is the redundancy of the physical realm that we're in when we can get past that which is equivalent to swimming across a great sea then there is the deep awakening deep dreaming which is equivalent to christ consciousness buddhahood and so forth this is rarely attained you think you, know, you think the parting of the sea might be a symbolism of that with moses that's a great relationship that's a great relationship and i mean moses is parallel with Hermes, the Trismegistus, or father and son, sometimes um, Asclepius, and you know, uh, I know, I know that if they're not directly considered the same, that they they have a father and son relationship sometimes, um, and and therefore that's the god of wisdom, right? So so crossing crossing the seas, parting the waters. There's your your path to wisdom, right? So well, and Moses used to have a staff that turned into a snake as well. Exactly, exactly. Right? Interesting. And and uh, Saint Patrick has even the symbology of casting out the snakes. Uh, Ganesh wears a snake belt, right? And, and you know, in our, if we stay basic, we'd be like, oh, they're they're bad. They got it. They got the. Uh, you know, reptilian energy. Well, they're controlling it. That idea of casting out is controlling energy that might be neutral. Um, and, and it, but it often is if we're in the sea of Mara, right. That's that place where it's eat or be eaten. The ocean is like a, a serious, serious place. Right. So you, you, you get past that and you control, control those basic elements. I even f I found that I find it interesting that you add an S to the end of Ohms because like I, I was even saying before I was like I, I I was just thinking in my head I was like let him say a word that starts with an S <laughs> because like even even well, the A U M to me like again like I say this a lot and I, I well I've said it before plenty of times uh, I do think letters themselves are sigils in a sense and like you have yes, the sure. A which I always think can go back to the pyramid or all-seeing eye in a sense. You have the U, which is a cup that the Scarlet War has. And then you have the M, which in my opinion is, this is when it gets weird. It would be the Twin twin Peaks, because I love Twin mm. Peaks. I'm going to use it that way. That is the heartbeat without the coming down. And it's just two pulses going up. Basically, in my opinion, breaking out of gravity and breaking out of the Matrix. Mm, I could be wrong with that, but I, I had also well, often no, thought that... Interesting. I know for a fact the S is related to snake. And if, if you look at all words that have the S, they have that kind of... Oh, that's an interesting energy that word connotates. Yeah. That mm -hmm. idea behind that word, you know. Um, so S is definitely related to the snake, for, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, when you said that, I was like, you know, could that be symbolizing coming down the tree from the top three or going up the tree towards the top three. You know what I'm saying? Like that S would, it's just, you know, you saw when you want to start playing games with like how the shit's actually drawn and what it would look like, I could see mm -hmm. it, you know, representing no, that well, stuff. Right. Well, Beautiful. Um, like with Ohm, you know, you have to have like a silence to reverberate and vibrate the noise into. And then also like the S looks like a sound wave too, Beautiful. you know? So it's interesting. Yeah, and like Eric mm -hmm. even had just and, said, and th that silence is uh, the and the, someone just said the snake is Kundalini. Yes, yes, it is. It's it's an energy that we're seeking to control and raise, 
right? Um, You know, the Tibetan Buddhists remark that our condition is equivalent to being in a tube. You can go up or you can go down. Don't stop, whatever you do. (laughs) But you really have very limited choices. You know, you know what's funny? We had uh, we had Tommy Chong on. I don't know if it was on the Spiritual I Gangsters. To that's so that's so dope. And or if it was on the Occult Rejects, but he did make a comment, and it's small little things. I'm like, this guy knows what's up. He even said himself, he's like, we're already on Earth with gravity. We're as far as we can go already. <laughs> he's like, you can only go up from here. <laughs> I was like, mm. he might be onto that's something. <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember um, my when we can when we can deal with the you know all the all these esoteric folks talk about well when you can overcome the four elements, right? And they kind of say it in as mysterious and elusive a manner as that, right? Um, and might that be you know the the four different types of the zodiac? Might that be you know all these different states of consciousness that? Um, are related and de- uh, depicted, um, um, and even might it be just just go just not reaching a point of I understand the Trinity and therefore understand completeness, where you go to the next peak, right? What do they say? Every answer leads to a new question, right? So four is also this inspiration to keep going. Right and to keep unfolding um, and expanding, um, and you know, to that, you know, we're we're in a tube esoterically. You know how we form as a being? We start as a tube. We're a tube, and everything else is around us. It's all it's all to keep our tube well. <laughs> you know, I, this is going to sound crazy and fucking out there, but I, I have often wondered, and, and this is because of kind of Twin Peaks and you keep bringing it up, the whole like very much like always, like Cooper or people always wearing like suits. I was like, if you think about it, especially when they use the giant guy because he's bald and like, you know, I can use myself an example if I was wearing a fucking suit. If you look at a bald white dude wearing a suit and only look at the white, it looks like a fucking sperm. <laughs> and I was like, yo, is that shit done on purpose though? You never know. Related to the trap well, snake comment. Yeah, well, you know, that made me think of that too. I mean, Thanks, when Eric. you look at well, I think valuable spiritual lessons, um, you know, Om being such an old symbol, it, it corresponds with so many adages and allegories and stories um and and all these old stories and symbols um have gone through like humanity's dissection of idea and some have been thrown out the ones that have stuck around often enough they have uh, uh, certainly they have um different layers of relationships often enough they have a slang and um sexualized version as well right so so um it's it's not i mean you can see this in every freemasonic interpretation of symbology there's a sexual understanding you know and and in you name it you know there's going to be uh the unification type of thing even just starting off with that duality of masculine and feminine and good and its detractor there's well, what's going to happen? Well, probably they're going to come together. I know um, a lot of times, so just, to, just to add this real quick, just for people to listen who was listening. Uh, even a lot of times when I used to, uh, you know, when I was in the OTO, um, they kind of like once you start moving up, they kind of want you to start like doing things and you know showing up and being a part of stuff. Uh, my easy go-to was the Gnostic Mass. I child, it was fucking. You didn't have to say a thing. You just moved around, and that was it. That was my fucking duty. And I didn't have to stare at an unattractive naked chick uh, up at the fucking uh, altar for that long because my back was to her as a child. So I found that just to be an easy no-brainer for me to fucking be involved. And a lot of times, I can't remember because it's been so long. It's not that I'm making this up. I just can't remember. There's other things that we would do. But a lot of times, you know, again, it depends on 
I can't remember if it was the priestess or the priest. One of them are kind of like the ones who's running mm-hmm. the show. Um, whenever before we would start the Gnostic Mass, before we let everybody into the fucking temple room, we would all, uh, me, the, the the two children, the the deacon, the priest and the priestess, we would uh, put arms around each other and we would chant Om three times before we bring wow. everybody into the fucking room. You know, and wow. they would do the lesser banishing ritual, the pentagram or the star ruby. They would clean the room. Then we do the fucking ohms and then we bring everybody in. So I, I think that's just something I wanted to add. That's interesting. Uh, that's amazing. That That's yeah. amazing. Um, and yeah, I was just thinking of something that the, the, the tetragram, right. And, you know, to uh, the idea or the archetype of Thoth and, and related to Moses, Thoth and Tehuti, uh, are uh, you know correspond with Maat, who's the feminine counter, one of his feminine counterparts, and they That's are his considered girl. the gods of judgment, <laughs> right? Um, and if you take judgment as an earthly thing, it becomes kind of tainted because the world is pretty tainted. <laughs> but divine judgment, totally different, totally different, totally different, and it might be, or it could correspond with four measure grammar right the tetragrammaton is kind of this and and i'm, I'm going to build up to something um wisdom relates to intuition right that divine judgment mm, well then you're approaching intuition and what is that related to well divination thoth being related to uh uh through, uh, uh, I forget the name of the table, but different different findings in Egypt relate Thoth to tarot. Odin is the archetype uh, in this, this echelon of gods that's related to Thoth. And he created the divination practice of the runes. Mm-hmm. And, and now, uh, not many people know about the Taoist version of Thoth. Real quick, I do want to add just real fast in case anybody thinks like you're off with this. I can see how you're making a connection. Odin created the runes. Toth is known mm-hmm. for writing, knowledge, and speech. Yes. So writing, well, writings included, both of those. So there is a commonality. Somebody wrote something. Odin wrote something. Toth is known for writing. So I just wanted to throw that, that out there. That intuition is divine writing as well as divine judgment, too. Um, but there's um, uh, uh, there's what's called the bin bim table bin bim table, um, and um, it w- is a uh, origination of they say of the tarot, and it wasn't a, a set of cards, but it was a set of, of a series on a table of images that were the tarot story, um, and and that was ultimately conceived by the writer, the scribe of all things, Thoth, right? Well, you even have Crowley's Um, Toth tarot deck, too. That's right. And the Ben Bin, excuse my killing of this pronunciation, I think it's spelled B-I-N-B-I-M-E, Ben Bim table, something like that. This is where they say that the tarot most likely is have its direct origins that they could find. Uh, the the images, but bug out. Okay, let me just. Um, so uh, Thoth and Odin are energetically, archetypally related. Uh, Fuzi, F U X I, and his feminine counterpart Nuwa are the uh, uh, Taoist Chinese archetypal energy of Thoth, and hmm. that's interesting. That's making me think about Nuwa. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. That makes me that makes me think about Nuit and Nu. How like Nu, you know, Nu was an Egyptian god, and then Nuit was like Crowley's, uh, you know, god. Yeah. Very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there's something with those like a play, a play on letters and words and meanings. Yeah. And and you, you, often enough, that's another thing with all these esoteric lessons. You can find very one syllable relationships, not only numerological relationships with things that seem far and disconnected, but you can find um, unatta- uh, uh, the enunciation relationships. Yeah, like just like the, one the God knew if you were to do his name backwards, you'd get UN, just like the United Nations. <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's scary. So, and Fuzi is given attribution 
to the creation of the I Ching, which is the divination concept of the East, of course, the divination practice of the East. Um, and so all these wisdom builds up to intuition is what I'm trying to say. That they have divination uh, uh, connections is also interesting. Um, and But the tarot really illustrates sacred geometry. Um, I, I haven't seen too many people talk about this, but the four symbols of the tarot, the four suits of the tarot, totally correspond with the four dimensions of geometry. The swords are the points. The wands or the staffs are the lines. And they call, uh, in the, the runes are called staffs, often because they're made of wood and sticks. But the runes were called staves sometimes, hmm. too. Um, and again, this staff archetype, this relates to our spine and the dejed of Osiris, the backbone of Osiris, but it certainly symbolizes great wisdom. And and uh, so the, the swords are the points, the wands are the lines, and the coins are the planes, and the cups are the solids or volume. Mm. So... So if it, once one starts to kind of conceive the tarot in line with energies, I think it builds on interpreting these, you know, uh, uh, concepts. Um, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way. Isn't there like, um, this is making me think of some kind of religious thing, uh, putting a plate over a cup. Doesn't that happen in some kind of religious uh, Catholicism, uh, maybe? Or like it having... Happens in a, it happens in the Catholic Mass, and they cover, like after they clean out the chalice with the wine, which is the blood of Christ, then they cover it because they don't want anything to get oh, in right, it, right. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. They cover it with a plate after. So, you know, and the plate is to catch any crumbs from the bread because you right. can't, you can't <laughs> waste it at all. See, what I find interesting... What you're saying too about like the plates and the cups and stuff, I, I this is just my take on it. I, I think the tree of life, those spheres eventually fill up and spill out and go into something else. And and, and it trickles you know, down the tree. And I think as they fill up and spill out, this is what's been changed or whatever. It's hard to explain, but I no, kind of I, I kind of see what you're going I, with I, that. I agree. With I that. think I get what you're saying. And the great wheels on the tree of life chakras are also wheels this is what right. a chakra is right and you know just like a uh, waterfall chakras. with a spinning wheel yeah like it reminds <laughs> me of like those bath toys as kids like when one's full then it spills to the next one <laughs> and, and it, it just keeps spinning the, you know <laughs> and sometimes some gurus would talk about if you have chakras you have a problem <laughs> In the sense that what you want to do is 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 consider it like a river, right? Um, and you want your river to be flowing smoothly. Your chakras are like eddies, and and if certain things happen and a branch and this and that happen, things get stuck in these eddies, yeah. right? And so when we clear our river. When we clear the chakra system, it's as if, you, like, I got past this, uh, you know, I, I have some trouble with a dog because dog bit me, and I, I got past it, right? Or whatever, whatever it may be, when we're stuck in a chakra layer, we can think of the chakra interpretation as, like, layers as well. In that we have a heart interpretation, we have a vocal interpretation, all these different kind of concepts in the same mannerism and uh, uh, places to get stuck, right? Like sometimes you'll be talking to people about an event in 2022, they're stuck in 1992, and you're not their uncle and you that you can't, okay, right? So there's the, these eddies are are meant to be um, cleared. Well, and that's why sometimes you even manifest disease in the body because you it. have that's a blockage it. in a certain energetic yeah. area, right? Exactly. I think I, I actually think fish the fish is used for the symbolism that you get a, you're going on about. I think yeah. it's showing it going with the flow of the current once there's no more blockages. 
I love it. can that. be like a salmon and flow upstream sometimes, I love that. up and down. <laughs> you know, I met some guy one time, and he was an older gentleman. I was quite young at the time, and uh, uh, myself and a couple of friends were trying to impress upon him that we were wise, too. And he was telling us something, and we said, <laughs> yeah, you mean like go with the flow? Yeah, go with the flow. We know that. And he's like, no, 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 no. Flow with the flow. <laughs> and I always thought I was like, that's what the fish does in your your uh, your metaphysics there, right? Um, it, it's not necessarily going with the flow, whether it's a salmon or otherwise. It's in the flow with. Well, them. and it kind of reminds me, Ethan, of what you were saying before when you brought up the concept of Mara, which is like suffering in like the Eastern traditions, right? right? Like in Buddhism and stuff. And I remember, like in my yoga training, one of uh, our teachers saying, like you know, to get past trauma and stuff, you have to like really embrace your Mara. You can't keep like fighting against it because what you resist will like persist, you know? So again, that concept of like flowing with the flow and like, you know, you have certain aspects of yourself that you don't love, but when you accept those aspects, you can like move past those things more easily. That's that's so so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, first, first you have to be (laughs) off the hook. And then you can start flowing. <laughs> oh, man, we're just going with the fishing. <laughs> well, it reminds me, too. Or you're on the hook, idea. and that's why you're not going anywhere. Right. Well, yeah. you know, they say we're all, we're all on the hook. You know, we're basically, uh, to, to the allegory, while we're here in samsara is the, the mess that we're in. You know, while we're here in samsara, we're all stuck. And I think the um, J from Jupiter actually shows that. Like, which which would be which oh, would be the fourth which is the fourth <laughs> sphere coming into existence. We're on the hook now. And I think um and maybe this will help what you're building on with the letters. There's certain energetics in lines, right? And we're not talking and, about cocaine. That, <laughs> that U formation uh, in the J at the bottom there that that is a total bowl holding in for sure. Yeah, it's Maybe like a bowl or a hook on the, May the force be with you. Is may the how do we say may the force be with you? Bug out the on force. this. Oh shit! Bug out on this. All right. Well, and they lose the electricity. Whole, right. Uh, every, words and and like going forth. Are you going forth? Go forth. Yeah. Does that mean forward or tetragrammaton? Right. Oh man. Oh um, shit. Okay, so I saw this really random movie on Amazon Prime like a while back. It's called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I, Probably I not. But um, anyways, it's a brief synopsis. It's a film about these people stuck in a time loop. And they're stuck in this like singularity, whatever. This, the day keeps repeating. Well, it's like Groundhog's Day. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like Groundhog Day. And then they are making a map of like where this, the same events that they occur in the day happen. Mm. And then when they do the points on the map and hold it up against the wall, it looks like a cube. But then they, the girl figures out that to break the time loop, it's actually a fourth dimensional cube, not a three dimensional cube. And that's how they break the time loop is when they break through the fourth dimension. That's, you know, that's what Lux keeps on going on about the same idea right there. He goes on about that with the, a Kabbalistic tree of life. He thinks yeah. it's a well, four-dimensional thing um, that you need to break out of. You know, the the uh, what is the fourth dimension is, I think, a, a you know, a profound question. But um, one correspondence with you know what are you know m- uh, some of the great traditions, Christianity and Hinduism, they they both have the overt Trinity. Um, and and we're you know in the Western world we're pretty familiar with uh, God the Son and the Holy Ghost right. Mm-hmm. Um, um, in the East, it's creation. Well, there's the the specific gods, um, but they are symbolic for creation, preservation, and death. But there's also the unsaid is resurrection, is rejuvenation, is rebirth. You know. Um, yeah, I could see that as being the rebirth is going back to the spirit, honestly. Yeah, and and that idea of um, a trial of three and emergence through that trial on the fourth is very frequent. 
Um, Mithras goes into the cave for three days, dead. Jesus rises after three days. Buddha deals with and overcomes the three temptations of Mara, they're called. Uh, and um, I think that relates to what is not necessarily um, uh, pointing to one thing, but the 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 first three uh, uh, levels of Freemasonry, the third degree. Once you pass the third degree, what's next? Well, even the thirty third, thirty fourth is well, apotheosis, right? Oh, it, it keeps going. It keeps going. Well, you know, they have uh, four, four. Yeah, there's four elements to it. Right? Well, oh no, I'm not denying that there's the that there's more than three. I'm just saying that um, the fourth connotates the post. Yeah, no. Well, what I was thinking to add to what you said, it's it's interesting. I mean, this is probably just coincidental, but I think at one point to join the Shriners, you had to be like a high mason, and now all you have to be is just a third degree mason, and now mm -hmm. you can join it, which I'm wondering if there's any correlation with the, well, no, now it's just three, and then you can go, and who knows, you know. But I just, that and clicked I'm in my not, head. I don't claim that. to know how they're, how different groups use symbols. Um, but but I will point out that different groups try to claim knowledge of sacred geometry all the time, right? At, um, just in the Freemasonic symbols uh, of uh, the uh, square and the compass, right? They're, by using that, whether they do or not, that's not what I'm saying. They oh, oh wow, Helen White building. Um, so the, <laughs> the the compass and the square is sacred geometry. Right. It's it's symbolizing the control and understanding of these four dimensions. Um, so uh, uh, the another, um, you know, uh, Freemasonic orientation has the triple tau, the triple T, Greek for T. And in the triple tau is uh, unsaid, sometimes invisible fourth T. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a trinity with the unsaid fourth, and it's upside down. If you if you look at the triple tau, yeah, it's, it's which is the triple a triple cross. You you'll see that there is the unsaid fourth T, and and they use that for what symbolism? I'm not exactly sure, but I think just judging by, you know, one of the first uh, mystery schools in ancient Greek that we're aware of um, had on the door. Let none ignorant of geometry enter. Right, mm. and so this this of might meant many things, esoterically and exoteric understanding of geometry. So I think that kind of is the reason why certain groups cop on to what are sacred geometry symbols. Very well said. I like that. Very interesting. Yeah. So, is there anything else you wanted to cover, or are you? Uh... I, I uh, well, not necessarily. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm just uh, appreciate the involvement. Oh no, and, for sure. No, I um, was going to say I'd love to have you back on again for another topic if you like. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, no, um, I, I thought this was good. You know, I, I find that there's the four really unites uh, 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 humanity's collective consciousness, which could also be seen as a kind of fourth uh, yeah. state, uh, depending on the Trinity that you start with. Uh, but um, when when we start thinking about our own thinking, that's when we better it. So the four, why it may not be demonstrably proven as the thing, it is a set. Uh, it is an idea set that helps to uh, uh, you know ascend towards wisdom and so forth. No, I yeah, I have to say you really got me going with this whole fourth thing, even with adding it to like, uh, you know, you had the Holy Trinity and then there's always the bad guy. That's like the fourth thing that, that kind of fucked me up and blew me away. But you need that guy. <laughs> you need oh, that oh, guy. Oh, you know what? Let me, you, you want, I, I wanted to say this before when you remarked on that, that you need the contrast. There's, I'm going to kill again the quote of this story. There's a Hindu allegory of a greater God and a lesser God. The lesser God loves the greater God more than anything, of course. And one day the greater God says, I got, I got to have you go to earth. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't, boss, don't send me there. I'll You're do like, anything. Fuck no. 
<laughs> it's a, it's a shit show down there. You see what's going on? <laughs> oh, and you got to read Mark Twain's Letters from Earth, which kind of has this perspective of, of Satan, and he's looking at people, and he's in shock of what people do. It's really humorous. I think it was one of his last unfinished works he was working on, The Letters from Earth by Mark Twain. Are That's that's what, that's what I think is funny about that show that I mentioned before, that Good Omen show, is because Crowley is supposed to be like the bad guy and the demon. And, like, honestly, I hate to say it, he's the one with, like, a conscience. This is like, do we really I need bet, to kill the kids and flood the planet? From, <laughs> I, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to talk over you. No, it's all right. Um, um, uh, I bet it stems from this Mark Twain idea of, of Satan goes to visit Earth. <laughs> Yeah, and it reminds me of the screw tape letters. Both the show and what you just said reminds me of the book, the screw tape letters. It's like this uncle devil and the nephew devil writing to each wow. other about the Christian man that the little devil is in charge of, and he's supposed to try to tempt him all the time. And there, it's their banter back and forth. It's very interesting. That is that is very. But also too, like I heard this the other day, where it was like, you know, if you want to take the story of Jesus and being um, crucified and then resurrected. Did the people who crucified Jesus not, are we not then therefore supposed to thank them for their part in his crucifixion because it brought about the salvation of the world? We can't, it's hard for us to You need the fourth. You need the fourth. Bug out on this story. Bug out on this story. Um, The lesser God is like, no, no, please, anything but earth. He's like, look, look, I know you don't want to go. Here's what you can do. I'll send you to earth for a thousand lifetimes as a good being, or you can go one lifetime as a bad being, as a total evil being. He says, Oh no, no. Why would you do this to me? He says, you can, you can get as much done going down there by being evil as you could get done in a thousand times being good because he would inspire people that are like patriots and say that look, listen, and observe and say, hey, 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 there's, that's a devil. Let's get him, <laughs> right? Because that's really what separates us is the elitists that try to use and abuse. You yes. Know? And, and so when we, can, when we can speak up and go, oh, no, 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 we're not going to let that fly anymore. Like, think about all the poor political theories we have crushed as humanity you know not that we're great now we're still moving up we're moving hopefully up but you know um better to that's a very interesting correspondence that that person just mentioned so I, i thought that was a funny idea you know that relates to what is the use of bad things right well it's really to inspire good in us. Exactly. The devil is still God's devil. <laughs> yeah. That's true. At the end of the That's day. <laughs> you know what? And I think you yeah. mentioned something that was interesting, and this is like a little out there, but like it's, it's kind of funny how like you're talking about you need that contrast or that polarity. It's like, you know, if you think about it, uh, with even with how TV has worked or film, you have the white and black pillars, and then all of a sudden the contrast to colors. And we've gone from black and white TV to contrasting of colors, and now that really makes everything look so fucking real. You know what I'm saying? That really hooks you in and mesmerizes you. (laughs) So I just find maybe that's like another play or another weird thing. I just, my mind was going there when we're talking about contrast, and you need that. I'm thinking of the tree and the colors. It's just weird how, like, you know, there is, like, kind of the guide, and then everything else is the contrast or the misconception of it, maybe, or something like that. It's hard to explain, but that was no, going I, on I, in my it head. Makes, when you're... It makes perfect sense. And what I've found via the four as a kind of philosophy or set to look upon things is that it's a, it's a great base of observation. There are often many other ways to look at things, but it's, it's a great start. It's a, it encompasses totality completely and most simply. Um, um, and, and then you can build from there if, if one of those uh, solutions to a problem or situation doesn't work. But it's a, it's a great base. And in fact, it, just like the Ohm and, and you know, all these other series of systems, it is the base. Uh, uh, and I'll just remark, 
the Tai Chi or yin yang system is also based on four parts. Mostly we see just the two. Mostly it's just perceived as the yin yang, which really builds a, a false duality kind of construct. And this really is a very limited way of perceiving things. The, uh, the Tai Chi or yin yang symbol is based on major and minor yin and yang. Yeah, what about the little dots in both That's, parts? Those are, okay. those are the minor aspects, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, uh, 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 in, in a sense, the really yin, yin energy is that um, super subtle dimension, right? Mm. Um, that's, you know, the feminine is related to the yin, um, um, f- you know, from which intuition blossoms. Um, and, and, you know, so no, it's, I, it's I kind of the said. most subtle dimension. Very well said. I agree with Fascinating that. stuff. <laughs> so uh, please let everybody know again where they can find your stuff, Ethan. If you don't mind. Yeah, Ethan Indigo Indigo Smith. Um, again, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and the whole nine. Uh, and I, I, I wrote The Matrix of Four, which uh, explores this meta-philosophy, as I call it, pretty thoroughly, as well as originally I wrote The Complete Patriot's Guide, which is where I start with this anti-oligarchy set of four. Um, and, and I also wrote, my most popular book is The Geometry of Energy, Ooh. where I relate meditation with sacred geometry, those Ooh. four dimensions well, of see, sacred that's, geometry. That's another topic to have you on for, because I'd be interested. No in doubt, that. no doubt. It's, <laughs> my, sure. it's my honor to be with you guys. You guys well, thank are you. so knowledgeable and wise. I, I bow to you for no. having me on. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank no. you for presenting all your research and all your hard time and your work and your passion, man. Thank you no, for doing no, what you do. You. Thank you for having me, really. So, uh, yeah, his uh, show, well, there's a couple of notes on the bottom for him. Go check his stuff out. And, Teresa, would you like to plug your show real quick? Sure. Come check out the Spiritual Gangsters, please, with me and you. Um, it's always a fun time. We always talk to really interesting people. So you can find that on YouTube and all the major podcast platforms. And I'm on Instagram, just my name, at Teresa Dacastar as well. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Awesome. I also want to add real quick, I do have, uh, we do, uh, I mean, if you're watching this live, you already know, but uh, there is a new uh, YouTube that we have out. Uh, I do want to, you know, check the notes. Uh, they'll be down there. I also want to uh, remind people, I keep forgetting a lot, um, check out the Element server. I have an idea that I might start doing every once in a while. I'm starting it, I think, this uh, I think it's Sunday. Fuck, I have to go check and see what I wrote. I think it's Sunday. Uh, I'm going to start doing, um, I'm going to start every once in a while, try to do lives and dropping the StreamYard link into Element and letting fans and listeners jump on and we'll talk shit and bullshit or maybe we'll cover a topic. Who the fuck knows what might happen? But uh, join our Element server because then you might be able to get on the show. It's a little bit of a you know a thing to sweeten up and it's, and it's totally web-based so you don't have to download another app. If you want. So definitely check out our Element link. Uh, there's a lot of other great shows in there. Great people that drop great information. And for the most part, everybody gets along. It's pretty amazing. So definitely go check that out. The link is in the bottom. And uh, yes, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on again. And like I said, you you definitely be back, my, my man. And uh, Teresa, thank you for cool. joining me as usual. And that is the end of another thank NY you. Patriot show. Until the next one everybody be well later